This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I don't quite know how, but the stags are still unbeaten. A goalless draw at home left us feeling frustrated, but three goals in the cup in midweek maybe has reopened our eyes to the fact that we can score goals when we need to. There is a feeling, though, that we are looking through the looking glass at the minute as teams around us start to score and Mansfield start to stutter. But ahead of the Nottinghamshire derby on Saturday lunchtime, can the Stags continue their unbeaten run? and beat a Notts County side who've got five wins from five on their home turf in their return to the Football League. We'll talk about that and much, much more tonight here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. The unbeaten run continues and Derby Day looms just ahead. Can it continue just one game more? as the Stags hunt down that top three position. As always, come and have your stay on your team in the comments. So get in your comments, questions and opinions now. Good evening. Hope that you're doing all right. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Great to have you with us, as always. Come and have your say on your team. Anything Mansfield Town related you want to say, drop it in the comments on the live feed and we will try and endeavour to talk about it tonight. But it's not just going to be me doing another one of those boring monologues for half an hour or so. No, I've got two experts in all things Mansfield Town joining me tonight to have their say on their team as well. So let's say hello and good evening to them. First of all, let's cross over to uh, Son in Ashfield and say hello to the man who always has the microphone, the man whose voice you always hear. And to be honest, we want to hear more of, of home games when we get the ball in the back of the net. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And the man who uh, does know what a clock is, I can assure you. But we need to let him know that last night's game was uh, not a one-all draw. It was, in fact, a 3-2 victory. Good evening, Clive. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Alan. Hello, everybody. Good to see you, as always. We'll just probably let people know what we're talking about. 
Clive last night uh, had a bit of an emergency before the game and therefore didn't get to until uh, <coughs> 7.45. He says there was an emergency, but me and Alan both are sticking, uh, aren't we, Al? Let's, let's stick together on this, that he just forgot that it was a 7 kickoff, right? That's what we're saying, isn't it, Al? That was mentioned before the kickoff, yes. Yeah, mentioned by you, not me initially, right? You were the one that initially raised it. And <laughs> Somebody's throwing somebody under the bus, I think. Absolutely no comment. Whatever it was, Clive, you know, it was a good result last night. We'll talk about more about that later on the show. But we should start by, uh, well, I think we should uh, start by looking ahead to Derby Day, really. We don't usually do this at the top of the show. We usually save this to the, the very, very end. But it's what everybody's talking about, because it's a hotly anticipated fixture, which we've waited a long time for. I thought it was done about you, Clive. I was, I was, I was talking to Clive, but that's what I thought. I don't, no, think... I, I don't start talking till half time. Okay, fair. <laughs> enough. In half an hour, then. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll yeah. come in, being as you were. There was a pregnant pause there. The, um, I, was, I was saying before we came on air, the uh, the atmosphere is starting to percolate a bit now. We've uh, a lot of people really itching for the game to come on. I'm a bit nervous as I always am with local derbies. There's a clamour for tickets from people. and It seems there's a bit of a black market opportunity if you want to use it. Um, and I think it'll be a good atmosphere. Um, I, I wish we were in a better goal-scoring form going into it. Maybe that's a good thing, though, isn't it, Al? Because, you know, Notts County, you'll be looking at the game thinking, well, Mansfield only scored, what, one in the last three league games. They're, you know, the, the worst team in the top seven. Well, the second lowest scorers in the top seven with just 17 goals. But on the flip side of that, we've got a really solid defence. We're the best defence in the top seven at the moment. And, you know, we could just be saving up all our goal-scoring form for Saturday afternoon, couldn't we? I see. It could be interesting. It's going to, it's going to go uh, one of two ways, isn't it? You know, either it's going to be a goal-fest or it's, going to be, uh, it's just going to be a dry, boring nil-nil. But their defence isn't as good as their attack, I don't think. Our defence is very good and our attack can be if we uh, pursue to put the uh, ball in the net, you know, with all the chances that we make. So it bodes for an interesting game, I think. Does it add to a different, does it add a different layer to it, Clive? The fact that, you know, we are unbeaten still in all competitions, uh, League, Carabao Cup and EFL Trophy now having played Doncaster last night. Notts County having come up and started really well at, at top of the league. Does it add an extra layer of spice, the fact that they want to get one over on us, they want to stay top of the league, and we want to stay unbeaten. If anyone's going to beat us, they'll be the you know they'll be itching to end our unbeaten record, won't they? Yeah, I mean it's a, it's an accomplishment we should be quite pleased about. But it also, especially now, it becomes a bit of a monkey on your back because uh, you know it's more than the game now. It's the, it's this fifteen or sixteen games unbeaten that's at, at, uh, at risk. Um, going back to uh, Alan's point about them not being particularly good in defence and we not particularly good in attack. It could be a nil-nil draw. It could be a four-and-a-four-all draw. It could be eight-three. You just don't know with a game like this. Um, if if we're not on our best form as defence, they're going to they're going to take us as cleaners, I think. Yeah. So the good news is we are on good form, and we're we're shipping fewer goals than anybody else at the moment. Very much looking forward to it, and we'll talk more about it at the back end of the show as we always do. But on the subject of nil-nil draws, Alan, let's cast our minds back to uh, Saturday afternoon and Mansfield's. Uh, well, second successive nil-nil draw in uh, the space of a few days. And another one of those journey homes where you're thinking, oh, if, 
if only we had that killer finishing touch. And you can understand the comments and opinions that are starting to circulate on social media because for all of our sexy, pretty play which we do in the build-up, we just haven't got that final bit of spunk which we need to get over the line. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that, but I would also be more upset if, <coughs> excuse me, I would be more upset if we weren't getting the chances and it was nil-nil, you know, we're, we, we weren't playing as we are playing. But at the moment, you know, we just can't seem to be putting the ball in the net, but it's not for the want of trying. You know, it's it going off somebody's backside or an own goal or a penalty, whatever, you know. I think you hit the nail on the head yesterday when you said about Saturday. Whoever scores first could end up winning the game. Yeah, I think at the minute as well, Clive, you know, we've got all this excellent build-up play. And over the last couple of games, we have sort of tinkered a little bit. You know, we've pushed DKD a little bit up, higher up uh, the pitch and played him in more of a forward position rather than playing off the, the front two. And, you know, we do rely on him a, a lot for goals as well. Have we just got to be calm and patient? Because as long as we're keeping clean sheets at the other end and, and being as stubborn as we are, like we said before, the best defence uh, in that top seven at the minute, having only conceded, um, what, uh, nine nine goals or whatever, um, you know, it, it's it, it's balancing out well and, and something will eventually give, surely. <coughs> yeah, I think there's a, a need for patience here. I mean, nothing's ever won or lost in October. I think we are commendably tight at the back, which is something we haven't been in previous seasons. So that puts us ahead of where we have been in previous seasons, in my opinion. We've played some pretty good teams already this year. Um, the last two home games with nil-nil draws, both of those teams were very good. They were wonderfully set up against us. And I think the fact we've created chances to pick up on Alan's point was, was the positive. But I agree, there's... There's a lack of finish, and uh, you know I don't I don't join the, uh, the the clamor about Aikens being useless. I think people who say that are useless. I think what we've got is a situation where our two supposed strikers are just not on form at the moment, or haven't been. Interesting to see that uh, Mr. Gale scored a pair last night, which I didn't see um, <laughs> because I was late. The uh, <laughs> but I've watched them since, and uh, you know I think we've. Um, we're in a position where any outcome on Saturday could happen. And I think that adds to the excitement. I really do. I want to pick that scab about Lucas Aikens, Alan, for, for a minute, because obviously, you know, he's getting a little bit of stick at the minute. It, it's his turn, if you like. Everyone seems to have a bit of, bit of turn. There's been a lot of comments about him not scoring goals and, and not contributing as well as, as he has been of late. But let's highlight one thing here Lucas Aikens if you're looking at him to be your 15 goal a season striker well I think you need to go to spec savers to coin a better phrase that's not the type of player he is he's very much a uh, a deep line forward he will drop deeper pick think pick the ball up and get things moving he's, he's your engine rather than your uh, your accelerator to use a, a horrible motoring analogy I'm going to say he isn't, he's not going to be one, like you said, that's going to get you 10, 15 goals every season. He might get you double figures eventually, you know, especially with his penalty taking. But uh, I would like to see him and Gale up front on Saturday and DKD just behind them, where I think he's most effective. I think one thing which has hampered us a little bit, Clive, in terms of that forward line is lack of consistency through you know, the injury troubles, Reese Oates was really hitting the ground when he when the start of the season came before he got his injury. Will Swan's not looked the Will Swan, which 
he he looked last season due to a various uh, amount of variable variables and obviously James Gales is still a young player that's finding his feet he's obviously got the confidence of a couple of goals from last night which we'll talk about later on but you know it's there's so many different variables and one thing which we've had at the back which has made us solid is consistency one thing we've not had an attack which is hampering us I think a little bit is lack of consistency we've got to find the right balance between the two yeah it's the only area that I'd accept too much criticism on, and that's the fact that our two uh, strike players have not, for whatever reason, uh, produced the goods. I think um, Swan hasn't been as fit as he, he should should have been by this stage in the season. And I think you're quite right. Gale has got a lot to learn him to do, but he's only ever going to learn on the pitch against proper opposition. So I think we, as a club, we need to invest time in the in the lad. Um, I don't know whether Swan suffered uh, slightly from post-contract signing syndrome. I don't know, but uh, he's certainly not the player he was when he was on loan to us at the moment. But it'll come. It'll come. And 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 going, you know, and Aikens is he, he's. I'm sure he gets slipped simply because of his style as much as anything. He looks like he's not working hard. The actual fact he is working hard. He's probably the hardest working player we've got. And uh, and I don't think he gets any credit from some of the people that post about that. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment that Clive's made there, Alan, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. And I think it all depends. I think a lot of it depends on the, the as, as daft as this sounds, the result of the game in the end. Whether Aikens, you know, people say, oh, Aikens had a good game or Aikens didn't have a good game. I personally think Aikens is doing fine. It works really hard for the team. And you can see that in a lot of the build-up play and everything that he does. OK, sometimes it's a bit bungly and the ball bounces off him, but we can't all be perfect. And as for Swan, I'm wondering if this, uh, like Cry said, the contract bit is hanging over his head a little bit. You know, it probably looked at when he was told, I assume he was told that, you know, they wouldn't be keeping him on. They think, right, I'll go to Mansell. They're offering me uh, a few books to go and sign for them. He probably thought it may be easier than what it has been. I mean, I could be totally wrong, you know, because he has been injured. Do you feel, Clive, like there's a weight of expectation hanging over Will yeah. Swan? I think the weight of expectation is of his own making. And I think everybody sympathises with that. A goal, a goal scorer needs to score goals. And when he doesn't score goals, the pressure becomes heavier on him. And I think that the lad desperately needs a, a, a league goal to get his, uh, to break the dam. And I'm pretty sure if he can get one, he'll get three or four. So I think we need to uh, just give him service. And I don't think either of our young strikers have had much service, to be fair. Mm. A lot of our goals have been scored from midfield, but that's, that's a good and a bad thing. It's good that we can, and it's bad that we're reliant on it at the moment. Marie in the comments says, uh, I wonder if Swan is still carrying a bit of an injury. And of course, it does take time to recover from, from those injuries. You'd be classed as fit, but you've really, it's like finding your groove again, isn't it? You know, like, it's like when you go back to work, it all, all becomes a little bit alien. You've got to find your routine again a little bit, and you've got to find uh, your rhythm. And I know people say, well, he got the goal in, in, in the cup game. But for me, that was from the penalty spot. And, you know, that's a completely different scenario from scoring a goal from open play. It just sent tonight, uh, last night, sorry, sent to me that it was, if it makes sense, he was trying a little bit too hard. You know, he like got into certain positions, he'd turn a man, ready to take the shot on, and then it was just as if he'd got to take one more touch to get a, you know, a decent chance. 
Now, whether he is still carrying an injury, who knows? I mean, I presume there's only uh, Swan himself will know that. And it might be because he's had his hair cut. <laughs> Strange. There was, there was one instance that I did witness last night where he did everything right except passing the ball back to his strike partner to score from. Mm. He had a shot himself and it was a wrong decision. And I think that's element of, you could call it greediness if you like, but that, that element of greediness is, is reflective of his absolute desire to get mm. a goal. And it's not a bad thing to have that desire. It's just a question of how you control it. Yeah, and it's just a question as well as about sort of having that little bit of level-headedness as well and not having that rush of blood. I mean, you know, last night was a difficult one because we conceded two goals. We were in control of the game, conceded it to all. And at the point in the chance which Clive is referring to there, obviously, you know, he's trying to go on and score the winner and lift the tension a little bit. It's all about relaxing your players and, and sort of getting those chances. And do you know what, what I find really interesting and fascinating, Alan, so far is... Will Swan and James Gale's best performances so far this season have come when they've come off the bench. Whenever they've started, they've not quite got into the game, but when they've come off the bench, they've made a bit of an influence. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But uh, other than that, Gailey, I think he was uh, he played quite well last night. I thought he did himself no harm in the pecking order last night, you know, for Saturday. Yeah, and you've got Mikhail Abdullah as well, who had a superb yeah. game. But we'll talk more in depth about that in a second. But I want to go back, Clive, to, to league form and look at our last two league games. Obviously, both goalless draws, uh, one against Wrexham, one against AFC Wimbledon. As much as we score about, uh, as much as we talk about the Stags being a little bit impotent at the minute and not uh, finishing off those chances, what we also need to talk about is the fact that teams are coming to one core stadium now and setting up to be stubborn and setting up to, to try and keep clean sheets and, and to try and frustrate us and catch us on the break. Their game plan when they come to us is play for the point. Yeah, and, and the teams that have done that this year have done it well. I mean, the, Wimbledon were no mugs. Um, Wrexham did their job excellently. Um, and they were, you know, they were throwing their bodies on the line when they needed to. So I think we've yet to play a muggins team this year. I don't think there's that many in this league this year. I think they're all pretty, pretty much switched on. And uh, so there's nothing going to be easy for us this year. But I think those games could have easily been, could have easily yielded six points instead of two, and that's at the fine margins that exist at the moment. So I don't think it's too uh, too. Uh, I think I think it's too early to start pre <coughs> the season based on what we've seen so far. Um, and I just happen to think that uh, we've got a team that can defend. We've got strikers that we know can score if they get the opportunity, and they haven't done it so far. And something's going to happen sooner or later. I think. Home games, there's more tension at home games than, than when they play away. And teams come here to set up differently than they do on their own grass. So I actually think we, we stand a better chance of being productive the way we play away from home. And if anything, I think that's a, a flattering statement towards what Nigel Clough has built, Alan. The fact that teams are looking to come here and frustrate us and to get under asking a little bit. I can't really think, recall any home game that we've had so far this season, perhaps other than that Grimsby game uh, in the Cup in the first round, where we've completely, uh, you know, ut and utterly dominated a team and they've not defended well. We've dominated teams, but they've defended well against us. They, they were sort of the only anomalies for that. And it's, it just shows, doesn't it, what, uh, what reputation that Nigel Clough has built for, for this side, really. We can talk about not hitting the back of the net but also, I think it says a lot about the way we play and uh, how teams have responded to that. It's a flattering thing. we just got to get over it. 
it is. People aren't going to, teams aren't going to come and roll over, are they? I mean, that's, it's just a given, that is. You know, they're going to have a way of playing. But the thing is, if we get that early goal, you know, things do change. They've got to change. They've got to come out. And that's that's the really important thing in my book that I like to see. I like to see an early goal if and when we can get it. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing I think we are lacking a little bit, Clive. I think sometimes first half, we, we sort of left, aren't we? So frustrated at half-time um, and then we come out flying in the second half. We need to start quicker. I mean, we did against Wrexham and it was really, really good. But other than that, we're very much a second-half team. Well, yeah, I mean, we have been. And Wrexham was the inverted version of that. In fact, it would be great if we could stick two first halves together or, you know... Both halves be as good as the best one, and either the first or the second. We just haven't managed that now. Whether that's because the teams are driving so hard that the, you know they're, they're starting to run out of energy in the second half, if they've had a good first half, or whether it's a kick up the arse at lunchtime that gets them going in the second half. I don't know. It's 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 one I can't ponder. Um, we the one thing I do take comfort from is because we we are forum fellas, and I tend to get more interested in what other clubs are saying about us. This year, everybody's saying we're the best team they've seen. Now, that's despite the fact we're not scoring hundreds of goals. I think that's very, it might be just a bit of... I mean, away fans aren't known for flattering their opposition. So I think it's an honest assessment by those people that are saying it, that Stags have a really good side. And we're fancied by them. We're fancied by the bookmakers. And the fact that we said earlier that teams are coming here and they're putting two real solid banks of defenders in front of us is a reflection of that respect. Uh, Richard in the comments says, if we'd have scored against Wrexham early doors, we would have scored a few because the fir- the football first half was brilliant. Thought second half against Wimbledon, we didn't own possession as much as we have been. And taking Maris and Lewis off at half-time may have been the reason we lost our edge. I completely forgot that we withdrew both at uh, half-time. And it did have an effect on the game because they're, you know, two of our creative, fluid players, Al. Yeah, and uh, I mean, sometimes it's booking, sometimes it's injuries, sometimes it's feeling tired. He, uh, Nigel said that he thought Maris looked a bit jaded. But I mean, it, it didn't to me, but it's, sometimes it's that initial pass, isn't it? Maris is the quality. I always say if Maris plays well, Mansell play well. But you can say that to a certain extent now for Lewis as well. You know, and I think they commend each other, but it was just one of those things. He took them off, you know, and he's the gaffer at the end of the day. Yeah. I think in previous seasons, we've all moaned at some of the substitutions that Mr. Clough has made. I have to say this season, I have no complaints at all. I think when he's substituted, he's done it at the right time. And by and large, it's been for the right reasons. And and I think we have to trust in the manager. I have to say on, on that as well, I completely agree with what you've just said there, Clive. But I think one thing that Clough has done is it's taken a season to do it, but I think now he's seen the value in five substitutions and learn how to manage that tactically. I thought last season at times, you know, we were calling out for substitutions. They didn't quite grasp the fact that we could use five and use that to our, to our advantage. I think now we're very reactive. We've, we've got ideas of what we want, we want to do. And I think Nigel Clough is, is really utilising that five substitution option a lot better than what we were in terms of like planning games you heard him didn't you you know after last night's game i'll talk about oh well we're going to give maris and lewis 45 apiece with yeah. structures in place now for well if, if this is happening we'll, we'll trigger this it, it, case in point being at 2-2 with the last what 15 minutes to go 
and putting Aidan Flint up front, there are tactical trigger points, which I think Nigel Clough is using. I think we're a lot more tactically aware when it comes to these rules of the game game now than what we were last season. And I think a lot of that is when you look at the bench. I mean, to be, to be fair with all the injuries I had last year, when you looked at the bench, you know, you'd probably got two, maybe three rec recognised first-team players and the others were bit part players, if you like. But you look at the bench now and it's so strong. You know, it can bring anybody on to do a job. People moan about Flint coming on, but both both times he's come on and gone up front or, you know, from last night and then from the, you know, when he plays it back and puts him forward, both times it's him that's nodded the ball down for the person to score. Aidan Flint up front is a genius tactical move that we need to employ and utilise more because it does lift a crowd. Uh, Richard in the comments says, if Marius was jaded, why did he play last night? Thought he was substituted because of the sitter he missed. That's an interesting one. I don't think he would have played last night if Ollie Clark hadn't got injured in the uh, in the game previous and had the stitches. Ollie Clark, of course, could potentially miss Saturday's trip to Notts County because of that injured. I think he's got six stitches somewhere along those uh, along those lines. Um, and obviously, Lewis Reed uh, wasn't going to play because he was protected. Nigel Clough, you could argue, could have potentially utilised and, and played. Um, Finn Flanagan from the start maybe and, and brought Maris on if needed but it swings and roundabouts isn't it it depends on how it, it, it's sitting in and I think he also knew Clive that Doncaster didn't really have too many options to field younger players so it would be a competitive test and of course one thing that Nigel Clough um, said and, and, and is true is it doesn't matter what game what competition we're playing at the minute we've got this unbeaten record and we do not want to lose it no um <laughs> I think he picked the team for the night deliberately. I think the Maris question is a valid one. If he was injured, why did we play him? But I think, you know, it's the extent of what these injuries are. Some of them are just very precautionary decisions rather than reactionary decisions to injuries. And I think, you know, I've become I've become more trusting of the management's <laughs> decisions lately. And I think if they make that decision, we go along with it. Um, I don't think that necessarily focusing on as indeed we have in previous seasons. Uh, I asked you last night how how would how do you think we'd have fared if we'd have got Kilgore playing alongside uh, Flynn? Well, of course we wouldn't have done, would we? Because I don't think we'd have bought Flint if Kilgore hadn't been no, Flint, injured. Flint did well, what a pair they would make! <laughs> well, did didn't they in the first couple of games? Flint arrived at late pre-season. It was Brunt that came in to replace Kilgore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame, really, because we all felt that we were building our team and our team's success around Alfie Kilgore and for him to be knocked out the game for as long as he is. Yeah, it's a real, a real kick. And the fact that we've reacted positively and got the best defensive record despite that and Elliot Hewitt being out Absolutely. and Macca being out, I think it's an absolute commendation to the club's management team. Yeah, and I think the way that the players have responded to that as well, Alan, not wanting to give up, not wanting to concede, almost like conceding is the end, the end of the earth for them, end of the world for them, because, um, you know, they're throwing themselves in front of every ball. You even saw it last night, you know, in the in the EFL trophy. People w would have turned around and go, and it would have annoyed me, because obviously, you know, I've, I've, I've got a nice affinity to that competition. Um, but they'd have turned around and gone, oh, it's only an EFL trophy game. It doesn't matter about throwing your bodies on the line. When you are on a run like you are like we are now, it doesn't matter what the competition is. It could be a pre-season, mid-season friendly against um, Rainworth Miners' welfare. They will throw their bodies on the line because losing is the will burst the bubble. 
They want to keep that bubble. They, they're, they're protecting that like it's a newborn baby and long may that continue. Yeah, and no, I think uh, the obvious sign of that last night was Williams with that last ditch uh, throwing tackle that he made. I thought Williams had a really good game last night, to be fair. And to say he's a small lad, centre-half, I thought he did reasonably well, personally. Yeah, absolutely that. Um, he, isn't, he isn't built like a defender should be, is he? No. no you he, played, he played well. Mind you, I don't think Christy Pym's built like a goalkeeper should be either, but what does that matter? Absolutely. Of course, you know, save the penalty again on Saturday. Well done to him uh, for that. Let's go back to some more comments. Dilemma for Saturday, says Mark. Macca, as in uh, C-Mac, or Cargill at left-back. Alan? I'd personally like to see Cargill, and if need be, Macca come on later, McDonald come on later, because I think when he comes on as a sub, it has more impact in the game, personally. Live? Yeah, I think I'll go along with that. I think he had a decent game, uh, Macca, but I think uh, Cargill, I think, is a better is a better structural fit. Providing they haven't got a pacey winger. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where the homework, that's why we have this assistant yeah. manager who's never at uh, games because he's always watching, watching the opposition. He should be coming back and saying to Clough, this is what we've got to be doing. And, and you know, he's a, he's a seasoned professional footballer. I'm sure that's exactly what he's doing. And I'm sure that Mr Clough, takes every word he gives him, every word or else he gets from him uh, to heart. And I'm not being cynical. I might be being a bit sarcastic, but I'm not being cynical. <laughs> For me, uh, on that, um, I'm going to throw another spanner at you. And and I want to highlight this now. This is not uh, an attack at Lewis Brunt at all. I think he's a good young defender, um, who I think has turned out to be a, a decent signing for us. But over the last couple of games, he has made a few little errors. And I think going to top of the league, who have won five out of their five home games and a fly-in and will be up for it. And with the likes of the experience they've got in their attack in their midfield, for me, Cargill plays centre-half, Maka plays left-back and Lewis Brunett is on the bench. Like we did against Wrexham, I think we need a little bit of height, a little bit more experience because, and you have to say it, um, Lewis Brunt is a little, has been a little bit nonchalant in terms of playing out from, from the back. He sort of, what I liken it to is when you're on playing a video game and you're controlling the, the player and you're just jogging along with him, getting used to the controls, and all of a sudden you decide to have a sprint, and all before you know it, you've lost the ball and uh, you've conceded the goal. It's just a little... Oh, does this, does this make any sense at all to you, what he's saying? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't to me. Listen, video that, games, that, that, that the youth. <laughs> I don't do football manager. I understand what you're saying. But as regards back to what you're saying with the team selection, I wouldn't disagree with that. But the only thing that bothers me if McDonald starts and he gets booked early because he does have attendance, is very uh, Stephen Quinn-like, isn't he? He rushes in and Ed goes a little bit. And that's my only concern with him. But like in the comments, what the gentleman says about uh, Cargill with a pacey winger, I would agree, yes, put him centre-half, put uh, McDonald left-back, but I just hope he uh, doesn't get booked. Yeah, it's, it's a risk that you take with all the players, though, isn't it? I think that, that booking thing. Andy but he, Cargill does. Cargill I, gets booked regular. But also, I think that's another thing, you know, like we were talking a few minutes ago, Alan, about the, the whole substitution and, and managing thing. Yeah. Nigel Clough does that very, very well. If you you know if a player gets booked in that first half, yeah. they're more than half time. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, comment. You know, I think you're right about Brunt, though. I think this is probably a challenge too much for him at this stage in his development. 
And if we've got a more seasoned alternative defender, we should, I think, consider putting him in against the likes of Notts County. Mm. Um, somebody was moaning to, in my ear the other day about the number of games we've, we've drawn and how if we were a better club, we'd be winning those games. And I'll take the point up to a point. But if you look at, and if you analyse some of the draws we've had, I mean, we, lost, we, we drew at Doncaster and at uh, Groomsby to two worldy goals. Nobody was going to, nobody could have budgeted for that. Um, and Mr. Brunt's uh, been responsible for a couple of sloppy defensive situations where our opponents were gifted stuff. If you take those out of the equation, we've hardly conceded a goal from normal play. So I think, you know, we're, we're, we're on the precipice of being brilliant. Uh, and that's why I think if we can just, you know, crank the clock back a little bit and say, hang on, let's just all relax a bit. It doesn't really matter whether we take 15 games to 16 games undefeated. Of course we want to, but does it really matter? No, of course it doesn't. And we're going to lose it at some point. And I'll tell you this, if we're going to lose it, I'd rather we lose it against a good side that deserves to win than to our fluke bloody team at Harrogate on Tuesday night. You know, we've surely got, got to beat them at some point. Providing that it's not County. Uh, it's not Notts County. <laughs> I think well, Notts County are top of the league for a reason, Alan, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're, doing, they're doing their job well. Yeah. And considering they started badly, they've done very, very well. And uh, and you can't, even though the local uh, local derby, and we've no, we don't want them to be as successful if we're not. Um, if they're there, they're there for a reason. If they beat us, it'll, they'll beat us because they're good enough, because we know our defence is strong. So, uh, you know, hats off if they do. I should be very upset that weekend if they do. But you know, somewhere along the line, we're going to lose our unbeaten run. No, we're not. Mansfield yeah. Town, the Invincibles. We're we're going to win the Carabao. Cup. We're going to win the EFL trophy. Here's a question for you then. Which two teams have gone 42 games unbeaten? Uh, yeah. Arsenal will be one. Arsenal had a season of invincibility. The other one is Nottingham Forest. They It was straddled over two seasons, but they went 42 mm. games without defeat. That well, was when uh, Clough was manager. Well, yeah. Clough Junior. What, well, what, uh, about, what about this one, Craig? What about Johnson coming back in at right back, Ooh. moving Barry over to left back? That's sacrilege, Alan. Um, <laughs> but do you know what? That's not actually a bad shout because if Jordan Barry gets in the team, he'll play anyway. Just don't play him in centre mid because, you know, he's no. a bit <laughs> No, left back or right back. If they're not going to put him up front, left back or right back. And don't put Aikens in the good back. game last night. So he's coming back to the four. I completely agree. And I think Callum Johnson and um, with Lewis, with Aaron Lewis, yeah. for a really good partnership. And I think that could really pay to our advantage. And I think, you know, if we are worried about pacey fullbacks or whatever, Jordan Barry going Barry. that would be great. He didn't have his greatest game, Barry, at right back on uh, on Saturday. But he's allowed, Clive, one bad game in uh, in 15 or whatever. And uh, But he's, the type, he's at League Two for a reason. And if he got chucked at left back, he'd perform admirably like he has previously. It's a real dilemma for Clough. A yeah. real dilemma. It's a dilemma, but it's also a, good, it's a privilege to have players like him that will play anywhere that reasonably is asked to play and, and give a decent performance. Everybody's got a mistake in him. I don't you know, don't deny that. But uh, he owes us nothing this season for his performances. Maybe he'll uh, write himself into court hero status once again on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, I want to go back to a point that you were talking about um, a couple of minutes ago about the, the nil-nil draws and people being frustrated by them. I completely understand it because, you know, we, we've 
been bitten by this thing of being so near yet so far in previous seasons. And I agree to an extent about the, the two draws away <gasps> worldy goals because you can't prevent a, a worldy goal. But for me, I think the frustration, Alan, comes more with, with the home games. Yes, like we said, you know, teams are coming to, to defend against us. But if you take the two home games against AFC Wimbledon, sorry, Wimbledon and uh, Wrexham um, in the last week or so, really, we had the chances to put them to bed. And it's not, oh, well, if ifs, buts and maybes, we should be top of the league now. And, you know, we can't afford to keep doing that because if we continue on that trajectory of drawing more and, and doing that, like we I, I put as the episode title, we're going to be... We will be looking through the looking glass at people around us pushing forward. We've got to win our home games. We've got to really make it a horrible place for people to come. Because by doing that, that is how we will progress. That is how we will get promotion. And we can't be sitting here at the end of November, early December, going ifs, buts and maybes as we've slipped down the table from uh, you know 6th, 7th down to 12th because we're drawing too many games. We need to be more clinical. Fact. Yeah, I would agree with that. I couldn't agree with that more at all. Proper, very good analogy. But at the end of the day, if we don't win at home and still keep drawing the odd game at home, who's to say that we can't win away? I've said straight away this season, if you win your own games and draw... Uh, sorry, yeah, if you win your home games, draw your away games, it's promotion form. And that if it, if it comes to the state where we are drawing at home, We've just got to do it the other way around and make sure we win away. But that's the problem, isn't it, Clive? We can't do that in a minute because we're drawing our away games and drawing <laughs> games. Yeah, we, where we are is where we are. There's no point wringing our hands over it. Two two successes at home, back-to-back wins at home, and the whole picture looks different, doesn't it? Yeah. And I say we could play with a bit more relaxed style away from home, so I'm, I'm confident we'll pick plenty of points up away from home during the course of the season, maybe not match last year's 12 successes, but because it's a tighter league this year, uh, we'll do all right away from home. And I, I just think we need a bit more look at uh, and a bit more clinical finishing. That's all we're missing. Uh, but like we're, like Robert says in the comments, Alan, it's OK when other scores go in our favour, but when them above us keep winning like they are, there will there will be a quick gap to, to, to catch up on. And we don't want to be chasing our tails. We want to be keeping momentum. We need to match what, what they're doing. And I, I honestly believe that will come. It's that early goal that we need. And we're and four some, points away from not. Like some, yeah, like some, uh, you know, we've said before, somebody is going to get a good hiding. And once that good hiding goes in, I think you'll see a different mentality, especially at home. It does. It, we do just need to break the, the, the wall of the dam, don't we, really? And then the floodgates will, will open. Yeah. I do agree with what somebody put in the comments earlier on. I know, you know, we, we talk about, oh, we score a lot of goals from midfield or whatever. I still agree that we need a, we need an out-and-out front man who's going to score you, you know, 15 to 20 goals a season. Because the way that we're playing, it suits a striker. A, 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 it suits a poacher-style striker. We've got pressing forwards in Swan, Gale. We've got deep-lying forwards and target forwards. But what we've not got is that fox in the box. We've not got that finisher. We've not got a Danny, Danny Johnson. That's what you're saying, isn't it? You know what? Danny, he's not doing so well, is he? No, but do you know what? I don't want to. I didn't want to use him as the example. But the way that we're playing this season, actually, he would score goals because that's exactly what we needed to do last January when he came back in. But somewhat... I feel I feel sorry for the lad. It's very it be very difficult to be an athlete, an athletic footballer, if you're going to keep tripping over your bottom lip. That's very true. <laughs> and 
I, I want to put Danny Johnson and Ben because I don't give a shit about him. Yeah. The point is, we need that fox in the box because that is clearly what we're missing. I, I do feel that if we had a, a fox in the box, we, we would get goals. I'm not saying that he's the answer, um, but Mikhail Abdullah, when, he, when, it, when I've seen him yeah. play, he's got goals in him. He's got pace. He's got a really good left foot finish on him. He could be... That's it. Starlet. If if we need him, you know. I mean, who knows? He might even be on the bench on Saturday. Who's It'd be nice on? to think so, wouldn't it? Because that's the one scepticism I've I've still got lingering with my judgment of Clough is I don't think he likes kids too much in terms of his team structure. Um, uh, um, and I, I do think as a club, unless you're going to bring players through and actually give them proper football, then there's no no point in having a having a a youth structure. So if, if you, Abdullah can't get in our side based on his performances at youth level, um, uh, it, it's a worrying thing from my point of view. I, mean, I thought he played well. What I saw of him last night, I thought he played really well. He's certainly quick, and you know, and we know from his record he can score. Mm. It's I, just just making that step up, isn't it? it? Is. I mean, yeah. He did all right last night, and Doncaster played a reasonable team, as we know. So you know, he might be able to uh, make the step up, but. There's only one way to find out, isn't yeah. it? And that's to play the lad. I mean, Richard's got a fair point as well, though. Where would you get this fox in the box from if you are that good at scoring teams or unlikely to let them go? Well, that, that comes down to a few things. The first one being ambition. Uh, the second one being a checkbook. Uh, and the third one, I think, being uh, the determination of the, the scouting team to go and find them. That's exactly what their, their job is. They will have identified that maybe that's our issue. You know, like Paul says as well, how long have fans been asking for a goal scorer? Does Clough listen though? Because all you get is is a back is the back line. We've got six of them in the building. But yeah, but that, I'm going back to my, what I've just said seconds ago. We identified that that was a problem. We've dealt with that. Unfortunately, we weren't able to deal with both problems because you solve one issue, and then another is, and then another one presents itself, and it will eventually come together. And you know, like like I was saying earlier on, Clive as well. Ifs and buts, because I think if Reese Oates hadn't got injured, he would be that fox in the box. He would, I think, be on double figures by now. And that's yeah, a... well, you might be right, but it, I would never describe him as a fox in the box player. I think that's the last time I'm going to say fox in the box, except I've just, except I've just said it again. Um, because uh, <laughs> the thing that, that he brings is, is raw pace uh, and intelligence to read opportunities. That's not what I call uh, an opportunist um, striker. See, I'm trying to find other words now for Fox in the Box. But I think what, what he is, is he frightens defences because of his raw pace. And we've missed that. And I think had he been available and fit, um, some of the results that haven't gone our way in the way we would have liked to, would have done. Equally, I think you've got to remark on the, uh, the, the, the void that's left when we haven't got uh, Quinn playing. I don't think we've so, got void. I, I, honestly, I don't see it. I know he brings energy and I know he brings like, you know, this drive and this passion, which nobody else does. But I honestly don't think we miss him. I, I, I would struggle if Ollie Clark's fit and playing like he has been. I would struggle to put Stephen Quinn straight back into my midfield. I think we, we need to utilise this point as a, we'll keep him around the squad, almost as a James Perch figure as, as he was last season, play him as and when needed. But we can't keep going forward with him. We've got to move on at some point. And I think we're doing superbly well with that, judging by the way that we're playing, that build-up play. We've not had Stephen Quinn for so long. It doesn't matter. 
I'm going to say whether Stephen Quinn's fit or whether he isn't, you know, we, we seem to be doing the business on the pitch without him. But one thing that also were uh, not gripes, but uh, it's, it's when, out, when it, we get the people in the box, it's the crosses that go into the box that are nowhere near. You know, we just can't seem to cross a ball when we get the chance. I know we scored from a corner last night. Yeah, <laughs> we, generally one. speaking, have been awful. It's yeah. all sorts of... Um, free kicks, crosses and corners all season. Yeah, we are absolutely woeful at uh, set pieces, that is uh, for sure. Uh, Keeley says, if we get a strike, I believe we will be in the automatic pr promotion race. <laughs> four points off it, uh, we're first point, four points off first. Some fans acting like we're in a relegation position. I agree, the unbeaten game will come, uh, will come and uh, I'd rather it be a good club than ra rather than uh, a team that aren't doing well. Uh, Paul says the club and fans are going to have to learn to live without Quinn because sooner or later he will retire. Um, Robert says we need to fi we fix the defence issue and not um, and not struggle at the other end. Paul says let Abdullah loose against County, but it won't happen. Absolutely, keep your comments, questions, and opinions coming in. We're going to have a brief look at the uh, EFL Trophy game last night and uh, talk about why we have got for once strength in depth. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, keep. Uh, your comments uh, coming in. I would at this point play the little uh, ad marker, but for some reason um, my uh, screen has froze, so I can't press the video. So um, yeah, uh, I'll just add it in randomly. Let's carry on talking. That's annoying. Right, um, <laughs> let's talk uh, EFL Trophy game uh, then last night. Alan um, obviously made a number of changes because we um, we we needed to and, and rest bodies. You know, Louis Louis Reed, Lewis Reed got a rest. Um, you know, Lucas Aikens did, DKD did as well. But the 11 that we put out, I think any team in League Two would bite your hand off for that 11. And that just shows that we can make a number of changes and still have quality. And we played well too. And that's it. With having a, also having a strong bench as well. You know, you can perm anybody, can't you? You can take... It didn't matter who we played last night with the squad that we've got, even the players that he left out, you know, it was going to be a reasonably good team. I'm just surprised that it, I know it needed it in the end somewhat, but I was surprised he played Flint. I didn't think he would bring him on, but there you go. But it is, it's a squad game, Craig. And uh, like we said before, it was definitely going to be a decent 11, whichever 11 they put down. Yeah. And I think, you know, we changed the entire entirety of the back four last night, Clive. And Callum Johnson came back in, got some minutes, played really, really well. George Williams, we got a first real look at him at centre half yeah. long a period of time. He did superbly well, um, and then you know you, you even got a look at young George Cooper. Still needs another loan spell uh, for me because the amount of defence we've got is never really <coughs> first team chance that we need. But again, looked so assured, didn't he? And uh, you know we, it just shows that this hard work which we've had in the academy over the last four, five, six years is actually starting to come to fruition, like we knew it would when it first started, but like everything, seeds take time to grow. Yeah, we're not many of us, and I include myself in this, have got enough patience, I guess. Um, I think the academy has been going for so long now, we should be playing products from it in the first 11. Um, maybe we're only a season away from that, I don't know. Um, but we do need, I mean, you, you mentioned the three ways of getting the fox in the box earlier. Well, the fourth way is, of course, to breed one in your own academy. And if we, we seem to me that we've got one there knocking on the door for consideration. So 
He's not quite ready, I guess. That's probably the, the bottom line. What was the question again? Uh, You've forgotten, haven't you? I have forgotten. Yeah, you're right. I do that quite a lot. Oh, you were talking about um, uh, the people that played last night that wouldn't normally have figured in the, in the league game. Yes. I agree. I thought they played well. I think uh, first time I've had a good look at the, the what, what's his name from Cambridge, George. George Williams. George Williams. I, I don't think he looks the part, but he certainly played the part last night. I think he he did nothing wrong, and that's very encouraging because we've got you know we've got that depth of, of quality again in, in the in the rear lineup, and I think uh, um, that's a complete contrast to where we've been in the previous two or three seasons, isn't it? To have that automatic available cover. The thing is, they'd all got promotions under on the CV, hadn't they? Yeah, they'd all got yeah. promotions on the belt and they end up coming to Mansell, which is, I, 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 personally, I think it's a good thing. If anything, Alan, it gives you that hope that, you yeah. know, one or two knocks... They've been and done it. ...do come in. We've got players, a squad that's really, really competitive that can step in and, and, and not make too much of a dent in terms of, like, it going the wrong way. It's, it's a stable uh, train which is chugging along. I mean, how many people, when uh, Swan signed, you know, were all saying, oh, here it is, here's the goal scorer, you know, he's going to get 20 a season, whatever. It hasn't happened yet, for mm. some reason. Now, who's not saying that, you know, next 10 games, if he gets a game, he's not going to bag six or seven goals? It could happen. Exactly. It'll happen sometime. Still lots of time in the season to go. Um, yeah. says, uh, it was a good team last night. We did miss back four. Um but they did, all did well, and, I, and uh, had no doubt that we wouldn't. That we had no doubt that we would lose. Um, didn't understand why Williams doesn't start in the first eleven. Uh, he's, he's not been fit, has he? That's the reason. Yeah, no. Abdullah all played well last night, says Paul. And like you say there, Clive, he's, he's not been fit, and maybe he would have done if he, he had been fit. He did didn't really have a pre-season, and I think it's just kudos actually to those players like Lewis Brunt and obviously Aidan Flint's an immovable object anyway. Um, in more of the ways than one, but they're <laughs> and that's the good thing when you've got such quality, it just drives people that have got that first eleven shirt to just perform. That's it. You've got you've got to get rid of that. I mean, who would have thought Maris would have left out a couple of games when this Lewis came in? But you couldn't move him for his, you know, for how he played. Now we've since you know since Maris come back from injury, we're managing to play them both. But you know, there'll come a time when. Nigel will probably only have to play one, so they've got to keep going well to keep the shirt. Richard says, as good as Bowery has been, I think if Johnson were to play at right-back Saturday, the quality of balls into the box uh, from the side would definitely improve. Uh, George uh, in the comments says, think that Molyneux for Doncaster never wasted a cross. Good outlet player, but we played well. Uh, Boateng played reasonable for a change, says, uh, says Robert. Um, and also in the comments, where's it gone? Mark says, Clive, the academy is underrated. Many clubs are envious of what we have. And to be honest, I think that's another reason why we sign in um, such good quality of players. We've got really first-class facility now, and we can just see that we are developing people, and we're getting, we, you know, we're pushing on our academy status goes up and up and up. We're getting better quality of staff in there, and we we are really raising the level, almost back to what we were, you know, in the late '90s, early '90s when we uh, had the. The amber generation, as it were. We're going to get to that stage again where we are going to produce local quality talent for our first team. But surely that's the only reason to invest the amount of money that we do do into the academy and the, the youth youth teams structure because there's an awful lot of trainers and coaches attached to that. It doesn't come cheap. 
and surely the only measurable return on that investment has got to be players coming through and playing for Manchester Town Football Club at a senior level. In the past, we seem to have developed players to the point where we couldn't give them time on the pitch and they went elsewhere and performed well. I'm not sure that's our role, but I suppose it's true of every academy in it across the country. That, But I'd like to see some one or two players making a, their, their, their uh, first-team regular appearances rather than just coming on as occasional defenders and, and benchwarming the rest of the time. Hmm. I mean, we've got three banks of really quality good players now. We've got the bank of players who turn out regularly in the first, if you like, 15 choices. Then we've got a really quality bench. We've got even more quality in the treatment room. <laughs> so when all that changes, we we got two League Two squads that could be formidable. It's like you said earlier on, though, Clive, it might only be a season away. You've got your Lawrence, you've got your Disney, you've got your Hassel. When they all played, you know, they came through together. Williamson, they all came through together. And look what team they were. You know, you might be right. It might just be a season away. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you don't know. That's the truth. And, and uh, you know, it's difficult unless you go and watch the lads play. To, to, to judge for yourself, we see yeah. we see the outcomes of games. We see Abdullah scoring hats full of goals, and what we really don't know is how that translates to League Two League Two football. It's a different world, I guess. Is the, the obvious statement. Well, you know what they used. To, you know what they say. <coughs> a uh, popular phrase and a popular advert. The future's bright. The future is amber. Uh, still to come, we're going to do podcast predictions and have a final look at Notts County. Don't go anywhere. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. And yes, you're right. I've got the jingle screen ready. Hit the jingle. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Right, time for the proper jingle as we do podcast predictions. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Right, Notts County away then on Saturday. Can Just the... before we start, Craig, one, one of our readers has questioned, thrown a question about allocated seats, yes or no, um, at Notts County. I just have to say, from my point of view, no allocated seats. because I mean, I'm not making the decision, I'm just saying what my preference would be. Because 
as a, a an older fan, I don't really want to be in the melee of, of young fans making a lot of clatter and noise. And I want to avoid the people that turn up at 10 past kickoff, drunk as skunks. So I like the idea of being able to stand, stand or sit where it suits me. Um, and because I get in early, like most of the people who go on the SSA do, we, we can choose where we want to sit. And I don't want allocated seats to get in the way of that because it's a very random situation when you buy your tickets online where actually seats are going to be. It's not like when you're buying a home game where you can pick your seat. So even though there may well be allocated seats, I hate the idea of being forced to sit where some random computer ticketing system puts me. Very, very true. Right. Notts County away on uh, Saturday lunchtime then, of course, live on Sky Sports if you want to watch it, if you haven't got a ticket. Don't get scammed by uh, Julie in Abu Dhabi. Don't fall for the scams by Dave in Dulwich, who's got four tickets from a mate's dog's neighbours next door, next door sister's cat. Just watch it on Sky if you can't get. Uh, right, Alan, um, prediction time, please. Notts County, five wins from their five league home games. Top of the table, Mansfield unbeaten. Can the Stags continue to be unbeaten or will it be Derby Day delights for our friends in Nottingham? Notts County nil, Mansfield Town one, man of the match, Lewis Reed. Clive. A nil-nil draw, Flint. Ooh. I think the game's going to be quite open. I think it'll be fluid. I think we're going to see goals. I am going to go for a 3-2 win for the Stags. Uh, the man of the match is going to be... Who's going to make themselves a hero? Who's going to stand up and be counted? Do you know what? I think it's going to be Flint. I think, you know, I think he's going to finally get his, uh, break his goal-scoring duck in front of the Stags. He's going to score at one end. <laughs> Sprint the length of the pitch to celebrate with the Stags fans down that side after scoring a 90th-minute near-post bullet header from a corner. Calvin Andrew-esque. Absolutely. And as always, you can play along with podcast predictions if you wish to do so. The link that you need is in the description. And you must submit your prediction no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. And in the podcast prediction table stakes, I can also tell you, I'm not going to reveal the full things. We'll leave that for the end of the month. But we do have a new leader. I'm not surprised. Nick at the top, uh, Cam's dad, has been toppled from the top of that uh, league table and replaced by the current leader of the pack, Steve Nadin, 47 points. Nick now in second on 44. Top of the pack for Mansfield matters. It's you, Clive, on 34 at the moment, but will you stay that way at the end of the month? As always, uh, keep playing along with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description for Derby Day on Saturday, Notts County versus the Stags. Really looking forward to that game on Saturday afternoon. And as we said at the top of the show, Alan, Notts County in good form at the moment. They've uh, bounced into the into the Football League well, top of the table. But I think that first goal is going to be critical for either side. It's going to get the fans going. It's going to silence the other set of fans. It's going to bring momentum. And if Mansfield can come out of the traps like they did against Wrexham and get that opening goal, get over that line, I think the floodgates will open. And I think we'll, we'll have that uh, little bit of uh, energy, zip and zest about us, which we've, uh, 
we, we we've lacked over the last couple of games or so. Let's find our let's find our, our finishing touches and get that first goal. I say it'd be nice to have the mojo back. You know, get the early goal, like you said, play and play really well. And uh, you know, let's have the win at uh, Medellin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Clive, what about you? Do you think that first goal is going to be pivotal, or do you think it's going to be about who holds their nerve? Because I think uh, they will definitely, in terms of their fans, anyway. I think they'll definitely be looking at um, our unbeaten run and really being desperate to end it. I forecast a nil-nil draw, so I find it hard to understand how the first goal is going to be pivotal. <laughs> 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 I take I take the theory point. Yes, I think if if there's going to be a goal scored, whoever scores the first goal is in the box seat. I just I, I think it'll be very very nervy if we uh, end up with a uh, a nil nil draw. If it's on a knife, I just I just think it'll be a nice opening game. And of course, one thing we've got to think about as well, Alan, is uh, the uh, the former stag element, Aidan Stone. Of course, is their regular choice goalkeeper. Yeah. And, and, and I say, uh, I've got a future son-in-law that's a big county fan. And he says, to be fair to him, he's playing reasonably well. But, uh, you know, when you've seen the clips and the highlights, it doesn't look that secure to me, like the defence don't in front of him. So I'm just out we can uh, capitalise on that. Yeah, lovely lad, though, as well, off the pitch, Aidan Stone. Yeah. For him. Um, Keely says, going to be a great game. I hope the boys are excited as we are about it. Uh, I believe they are and that they can do it. Well, there is only one way to find out. And that is, of course, by uh, seeing what happens on Saturday lunchtime. That is all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as always. to the Mansfield Matters podcast team, to Clive and Alan for joining us this evening, and of course to you guys at home as well for watching and for listening. Really appreciate your your comments, your questions and your opinions. Get behind the boys on Saturday afternoon. If it's not going well, don't worry about it. Make sure you just put the, the effort in to keep singing and keep backing the boys, because that is what we need. We need energy, we need enthusiasm, we need desire. And we need to keep that unbeaten run going. And make sure that come the end of the season, we're not watching on through the looking glass as other teams celebrate promotion. Let's be one of the teams that are doing the celebrating. Join us again next week. Make sure you follow us on social media to find out when we'll next be live. And of course, get involved in podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. Derby Day up next. Let's hope that it's... One for sorrow for Notts County and two for joy for the Stags. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.